Welcome everybody to Coping with Covid, my attempt to document life under the pandemic and speaking with real people about their realities. From my local village to around the globe, we interview people to hear how they're coping with daily life. Today we interview John Harrison who works for the courier company DPD. Uh, John is a friendly face and involves himself in the community in all the villages he visits. So I thought it'd be nice to get you an insight into what's going on in the courier world during the crisis. In this podcast we discuss his home life, being branded a key worker, community spirit, safety measures when delivering, superhero face masks, DPD procedures and difficulty in shopping. I'd also like to point out it's nice to show some of the positivity um, that we see during Corona and we find out it's John's 25th wedding anniversary later this year and how he can't wait to spend time with his family in the North Yorkshire Moors. So congratulations John. Uh, he's a very nice guy. So anyone who's in the local area around Sturton and surrounding villages, please do say hello on the Facebook groups to him. I hope you enjoy the show. For anyone who wants to get involved in the show, please do reach out to me. Contact details are on the website, which is copingwithcovid.today. So let's sit back and listen to our guest, John. And welcome, John, to the show. Thank you. It's nice to hear from someone who uh, serves the village and those around us. Uh, yep, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, John was kind enough to reach out uh, on the Facebook group because he's our local DPD delivery driver. Uh, it, it's um, obviously there's been a lot of changes because of um, COVID and Corona to everybody. Um, what's it meant to your home though? Uh, for my home, home life, I've got uh my wife has a sleep disorder, so she doesn't go out very much. She literally goes local. Okay. So any uh, big shopping we do, if if we're lucky enough to get a slot, then we get a slot. But other than that, I end up doing the shopping either on my way home or usually on a Saturday. It's usually you know going out getting the essentials that we need. Okay. Has it a sort of have affected your daily life at all, do you think, or has it not been too bad because you've kept working? To be honest, me personally, I've kept working, but I can see what's happening at home with the wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, uh, she's pretty much housebound anyway, but the fact that she can't just, we can't just jump in the car and go anywhere, mm. you know, to break up the monotony, yeah. uh, that sort of... I mean, the one thing we do have is my granddaughter came to stay for a week before it all started, and seven weeks later, she's still here. So um, I have got like a twelve-year-old as well, but she's she's doing all right. She's you know she's got a tablet and she's got a friend that she keeps in contact with and what have you. So yeah, you know. But you can you can see me personally. I'm busy with work, and when I do get time off, it is rest and relaxation. It won't be normal, so. Or chatting to me. Or <laughs> chatting to you, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm pretty much the same as you. Uh, my workload's gone up and down all over the place. Um, so, 
nights, the same for me. It's a bit of relaxation time. That's it. Yeah. Now, obviously, I'm assuming you're classed as a key worker then. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what people sort of call me. Yeah. Do, do you feel any different now that, like, people like me and you are sort of classed in this sort of stigma as key workers? It's a bit weird. Uh, I didn't. Uh, at the beginning, I just thought I was just doing my normal job hmm. uh, of, you know, delivering parcels that people had ordered. But now that the more stigmas come across of it, then it seems to be more that, you know, people are, depend- are more dependent on me hmm. uh, than they would have been before. So uh, as a key worker... Yeah, I suppose I'm. I'm. It's a bit higher, but it's nothing. I really sort of. Hmm. I wouldn't put that type of tag on myself. If you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think that's where it shows that people like yourself are actually very important. Yeah, that that's definitely coming across. I mean, people are very thankful of what you know. Obviously, getting the orders, the the amount of, you know, that people thank you and, you know, the more and more people coming out, it's def- that's definitely changed. Mm. Yeah, that's nice. I think there's been um, a better spirit to people, haven't there? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, communi- the community spirit, you can, even me that doesn't live in that actual community, I see from an outsider, can just see how many people, you know, that the everybody's just pulling together you know like to say we're all in it together no matter where what community we're from it's like you know hmm. i come into that community to serve a purpose and it's nice to be welcomed by you know the community as they are yeah yeah well everyone appreciates um, what you're doing at the end of the day um you're, you're on danger yourself visiting these houses and how has it been for you? Do you has your job changed in sort of safety or procedures the way you deal with people? Uh, yeah, uh, obviously we keep the, the obviously keeping the two meter distancing. Okay. Uh, so I will literally knock on the door and make sure that I step back as far as possible until the customer comes to the door. Uh, we have procedures in place that's. For us as a DPD company, uh, that I have to I have to respect is we have to either put it onto the doorstep just so I can take a picture on our handheld mm-hmm. to prove that it's come over the threshold, or if a customer like leaves a, a leave safe note, or they can use the app or the text or email they get through, they can follow the link on there and set a safe place. But we need authority to leave it safe. It leaves you wide open for claims of people not getting any getting the products and what have you even though they might have hmm. but you have to treat everybody exactly the same oh, that's fair enough so you, you do you feel quite safe then uh me personally yes i've i've gone to the added protection we've not had it pushed in by the company uh, but I've had some face masks made, so I do wear a face mask as I'm going to these doors as well. That's, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing against the customer. That's more 
protecting me a bit, but also protecting the customer from me, because mm. I also suffer with hay fever. So if they're all out cutting the grass and things like that, then the amount of pollen that's around. <laughs> so it's it's working both ways. But I have had some uh, special ones made by a lady in Saxelby, and they're actually uh, uh, superhero fabric. So they're not just plain. They actually, <laughs> I, do, I do get a lot of feedback from them because they say pow and zap and all, all sorts on them. So it's like a little, it's an icebreaker because people talk about the mask rather than talk, you know, more than they talk about me delivering. So it's it's good that way as well. Oh, that's really nice. It's nice to have these these little bits of um, personality coming through, I think. Yeah, isn't it? that's it, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's cool. Uh, so, and it's nice that you've got protection. Um, what do you feel like are the risks, though, in your job, then? Mm, obviously, as long as you keep... As long as you keep clean keep tidy uh we do we you know we get hand sanitizer provided and we've got the wipes provided and things uh it's just a case of some people will ask me why don't you wear gloves but as soon as i touch one parcel and if that one's got a problem with it i could pass it on to every parcel in my van yes as long as i regular i regularly hand sanitize my hands usually at least after every 10 stops mm -hmm. Or if I feel that if I feel the need to, I've got plenty of hand sanitizer. I'm lucky enough to have a couple of paramedics on my round, and they keep supplying me with the odd little bottle every now and again if I feel like I'm really low. Uh, and I have got a few people that allow me to use their uh, facilities. They have like a couple of them have downstairs toilets, so if I, mm -hmm. you know, if I need to wash my hands and what have you, it's not a problem. I've I've got a few few contacts that allow me to do that. That uh, sounds like you're pretty well set up then, to be honest. And as mm -hmm. far as DPT concerned, are they uh, advising you what to do and if there's changes like there has been? Uh, regular daily meetings every morning. Wow. Uh, if, if anything, you know, it takes five minutes just to get us all together, make sure we're keeping the social distancing. Mm. If any new things come out or whatever, then we are... We're kept up to, up to date uh, and informed, and if they decide any more steps need to go up, then they, they take it straight away. They quite keep, they are quite keen on making sure that you're informed and you're keeping up to it. That's really good. That, you know, because you do hear about some of these companies that mm. um, they're not like mine and yours. I, I must say, my company tells me every single morning. Uh, what's yeah. going on in the day? What staff's available? Uh, what happened yesterday? And you, you know, I think it's a really nice feeling, to be honest. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like with the uh, sometimes you might get the odd one that I think it's more people are scared. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to open the door, and I try and do everything I can, but. I know at the end of the day, if I've got a problem, all I've got to do is ring the depot and they'll they'll advise or hmm. there is a, a team there, the, the customer services team uh, that we call the cherry team so that the customers can ring them and get some advice. So it's, you know, it's, it's a good backup and they do look after you. Oh, that's really good. 
because it it's scary you know every time someone bangs on my door i'm like are they stood back because i'm basically trying to avoid all human contact for a while and uh yeah i have to commend guys like yourselves it's been really good so far yeah well this is what you know if everybody sticks to it then hopefully we can get some kind of normality back yeah exactly and i think that the thing is like because you're so professional when we we're going to the supermarkets and places like that. People aren't at all professional. They're, they're not thinking uh, with the heads. No, I we had uh, we was we was in a supermarket the last week, and you know that you've got people. We actually had somebody in. They had a full mask on. They had everything like that. And then literally walked right behind me, and I'm like. Why are you even wearing the mask if you're not going to keep the distance? In? Yes. You know, there's absolutely no point. And you've even got the, the shopkeepers when they're trying to fill shelves and what have you. Yeah. They're not moving out of the way for you to get past. They're still wanting to stack their shelves. So you have to, mm. you know, you're trying to pass them within within this two-meter rule and what have you. So I know they've still got to do it. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some of the local... I mean, especially the co-op in Stern, I believe they they close for an hour at some points just to start the shelves up and then, mm. you know, reopen a bit later on. Like, so, uh, yeah. obviously, supermarkets can't do that, but, you know, but they just, I think they just need to, even if they have to close an aisle off to maybe stack it up mm. and make it so nobody walks up there or there must be something they can do. I think so. There's enough hours in the day and there's enough customers and i think there's enough people buying to warrant them staying open in there oh absolutely i mean i've just struggled i've just struggled tonight i mean we've got a new iceland warehouse at the lakeside mm-hmm. and for some reason they're now it's supposed to be up until 10 o'clock at night they're now closing at seven o'clock right uh, so i was rushing in there at quarter to seven and he's like, oh, how long are you going to be? I says, well, I've just finished a four days' work. How long can I be? Mm. You know, and I mean, they didn't really sort of force. They weren't forcing you out, but you could see him by the doors waiting to lock it yeah. as you were going out and what have you. Oh, pardon me. I mean, on bargains further out, no problem. They're they're keeping open as normal till eight o'clock. Yeah. You got your te- I mean, Tesco's. They've stopped twenty four hours, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so they're now closed at 10 o'clock at night, which isn't a problem, but they don't realise people like like us, we're not finishing work some nights till 5, 6 o'clock because we're delivering that much. Yeah. And we're struggling to go get stuff for ourselves. So, uh, I mean, we don't have any special opening hours or extended hours for us. It's, you know, it's, you know, I mean, I've just put a status on my Facebook that I've still lost somebody else. There's a lot of, I mean, don't get me wrong, NHS must be doing, you know, I, w- I won't want to be face-to-face with it in the hospitals or anything like that. Yeah. But I do think there's more than just them out there, you know, facing the front line, as as so it says. I must meet more people on the doorstep than, you know, than they meet however, however long. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think, in a way, your front line, you're just not in an environment surrounded by you know loads of infected people That's it. but you don't know every other household could could have um be infected couldn't they yeah absolutely 
Um, you know, we, we've seen a, a few um, takeaway restaurants where the delivery drivers have now got corona. Yeah. Uh, and you're thinking, well, that's no different from yourself. That's but it. they won't have the standards of DPD, for instance, would they? Well, I, I can't speak for everybody, everybody like that. No. I just I know what what we're supplied with. Even even if even I suppose even if you get it supplied, once you're out there on the road on your own, it's up to you to use it properly. Yes. So you know you could you could have a company that supply you with all the, with all the masks and everything, but <laughs> if that individual's not going to use them when they're on the road, then that's down to the individual and. You know, you can't just put all that on the company. No, no, you're completely right. Um, what do you think will happen like, post-COVID? Do you think this uh, level of business you're seeing will carry on? Uh, not fully, but I think it will make us busier because I think people are going to fall into a routine of buying online. Yeah. Uh People are gonna. I think. I think it's gonna work in two ways. People don't want to walk around for four hours in a town looking for something when they can spend ten minutes online looking for it. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think it's gonna scare a lot of people going into areas where it could be crowded. I think it's gonna take a while for that to wear off. Yeah, and we have to remember that this is uh, just one of many viruses. Absolutely. So. You know, you could talk about a second outbreak, but you could also talk about a totally different strain or a different virus. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone's in the same boat again, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I've gone through. You know, obviously we've had we've had SARS. We've had. Hmm. I mean, I used to work around delivering around farms when we was like the foot and mouth and what have you. Oh, okay. And the amount of livestock that people lost hmm. was unreal. I mean. If you had a test there, if it was on the same thing, if you had a test in one, one, one animal out of the whole herd, hmm. the positive, you lost the herd. Yeah, that's right, wasn't it? Yeah, it's very strict. So you, you lost the. I mean, I've seen, I, I can witness. I've seen the open pits where they're just, you know, all the carcasses are in a open pit being cremated and what have you, and hmm. it's not a pretty sight. No. So, you know, so, yeah, so there has been stuff. I just think that this has been, uh, what's the word? I just don't think people understand either how bad it is or is it an over-exaggeration? It's difficult to difficult to pin it down. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's different for everybody. I think it's Mm. different if you've had people... Um, catch the virus. I think your working environment affects everything. I think your family. Uh, there's, there's so many things in there. Absolutely. There's, I mean, when it first came out, I mean, me and the wife used to have some right, you know, obviously she was at home mm-hmm. getting fed all the information from watching the press reports and yeah. watching the updates and stuff. And I was out on the road and I didn't fully understand it, and the wife's trying to explain it to me, and I'm like, you know, you know. I mean, this time last year, if I had to come home and said, "Oh, I've got a high temperature and a cough," I'd have been told I got man flu. Yes, exactly. You know, two days, two days rest, plenty of fluid, and you'll be back at work in forty-eight hours. Yeah. 
you know, obviously talking to the paramedics that I've got on my round that's explained, you know, more about the virus and what have you and what sort of a, a thing it is, then, you know, that's why it's difficult to get rid of because it's a completely different strain. Yeah. You know, it's just making sure. I, think, I just don't think that they fully explained what they told us all what to do. They told us all we had to, what we had to do, mm-hmm. but nobody explained what it actually was. Yeah. I think that was, you know, and the press, to me, I think they over-exaggerated too early, and, and I think they panicked people. Mm. You know, especially with all the panic buying and things like that and what have you. It, you know, I think it scared a lot of people more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. We, put, we reacted in the wrong way. Um, it should have been the government reacting at the beginning yeah. instead of two weeks later. Because, um, you know, the, the statistics of the UK compared to the rest of the world, mate, is unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, mean, I can't speak for much. I've not really, well, I've not really had time to look into it. Yeah. But I'm just yeah. sort of, you know, doing my bit, getting through it, and then, you know, opening time we can get back to some kind of normality yeah and talking about then so what are you looking forward to doing then when this is all over uh two things there's getting all the family together and we one of the one one of the first things we did when my one of my son-in-laws joined the uh joined the family was have a massive uh picnic up on the north yorkshire moors oh yeah so that's going to be the plan. So everybody brings something. Everybody's got cars now and what have you. So hmm. probably up by the uh, North Yorkshire Moors Railway, somewhere like Gofland, somewhere up there or whatever. That'd be nice. And then also this year is uh, Man and the Wife's 25th anniversary. So Oh, well, congratulations. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Well, it's, mid-aug- it's mid-August. Okay. So if we can get away for it, if not, as soon as it's done, we can do something proper. Mm. So uh, so we're hoping, we're supposed to be doing like an afternoon tea with all the family and what have you, but at the minute, obviously, everything's on hold. So <laughs> we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. So Yeah, let's just all keep fingers crossed for that, mate. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> the main one is to get all the kids, all the grandkids together. Yeah. And then, because uh, being, you know, we talk on the phone all the time and stuff and we Skype and stuff like that. But there's nothing like, you know, it's like, all right, they live in Scarborough, they live quite a bit away, but, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to just jump in the car and go over and make sure they're all right rather yeah. than just calling them. So it's it's that interaction. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, so Matt, uh, I've got an eight- and nine-year-old and they're missing their um, uh, nana and granddad sort of thing, so... Yeah. It's it's tougher, you know, and it's mutual both ways. And what else can you do? But in some ways, we've got to think this might become not normal, but yeah. it's something we might have to put up with. So I think there'll be uh, some good life lessons we all learn from this. Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah. I think we've all learnt the skills now that if we want to chat to someone, we've got to take these yeah. steps and understand a little bit of technology and think about our food shopping and use more services like you you provide yeah. that's it 
you know, that's what, you know, I mean, I was talking to some, some kids, was it last week? And I said, if this had have happened when I was your age, we'd have been in like, you know, we only had three channels on the telly. We didn't have mobile <laughs> phones. We didn't have we Skype or anything we like that. We didn't have this. anything. Oh, it was not, we had nothing, no. you know. So, you know, maybe a few jigsaws and board games and what have you, and that would be about it. So, yeah, you know, we didn't have any of this. T- I mean, I've just turned 50. So if this would have happened 30 years ago, my God, I think it would have been tearing me hair out. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, why I think it's, you know, the the age thing is so different. So if you're 60, 70, 80, you've maybe not adapted to the modern world, but yeah. you either do it now or you don't see your grandkids, didn't it? So that's it. Um, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have one of the I mean, my granddaughters actually stuck with us. So it's <laughs> like you know, I suppose it's a blessing in one thing, but seven weeks she's getting a bit bored of bored of us now and what have you. Yeah, but then. But she then she's missing, you know. Obviously, she's not with her mum and mum and what have you, and brothers. So, so it works both ways. Yeah. No, that's so, cool. Well, hey. I just want to say uh, I know you've had a long day, mate. I know you're a very hard worker, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I do appreciate your time, and uh, I, I hope I'll see you soon as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. I'll be. Uh, I'm always delivering. I'm like. We're going to so many new new addresses at the minute, obviously, because people are having to use different suppliers and things like that. So, you know, meeting more and more people as we go around. So, but yeah, I'm always around. I'm always definitely through the village at least once, if not twice through the day. So, they can't mistake the van with Winnie the Pooh in the front window at the minute. <laughs> so, you know, you know, I get I get people waving at me. I've had people pipping their horns at me and all sorts, you know, and that's not malice, that's just, you know, of obviously me getting to know more people. No, that's cool. Well, I'll leave yeah. you to it, John. Um, thank yeah. you so much, dude, and I'll let you know um, when I get this online. All right? Yep, yeah, no problem. Thank you very much. All right, then. Nice Bye. Hi, guys. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it and come back for more. Please do visit the website copingwithcovid.today and you'll see podcasts and blog articles and about a few nice things that's going on in the world during this crisis. Please do share the podcast uh, amongst your family and friends and it would be lovely to get some feedback. So do leave an iTunes review and I'll see you on the next one. Thank you everybody.